Hey, everyone. This week on the podcast, we have Julia Reagan. She's actually the sister of one of our previous guests on the podcast, so that's really fun. Um, She shares her really incredible story um, about her marriage and how when she was really uh, early in her marriage, she went through some really intense stuff with her husband, like porn addiction, rage issues, infidelity, you name it. And she just kind of walks us through her story. It's really, really powerful and intense, so stay tuned. Right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of So What Else. Today, I have with me Julie slash Julia Reagan. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is an awesome opportunity. So I called you Julie slash Julia because so I we got connected through your sister, Kate. So for all my like OG So What Else podcast listeners, Kate Doyle was on episode eight in season one. And she came on and we talked about like sweatsuits and melasma. And then she shared about her story of uh, her daughter, Kenzie, joining their family through foster care and adoption. But anyway, Kate reached out to me and she Marco Poloed me and she was like, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I think my sister would be like an amazing guest on your podcast. Like she has a really amazing story. So she gave me your number. She was like, oh, her name is Julie. She gave me your number. I awkwardly texted you, like, even though I don't know you. And then I basically like texted you and I was like, can you Marco Polo me your whole life story? Which is like (laughs) such a request. (laughs) And the fact that you were just like, yeah, sure. Like, and then you Marco Polo me your whole story. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like in the car, like, like totally like your whole story. And I was like, this girl's awesome. Like, I feel like if a stranger was like, hi, you don't know me, but could you Marco Polo me like, your biggest like life battles, like that would be What's great. And you were like, secret? sure. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And you were just like oh, totally yeah. down for it. But anyway, when she sent me your number, you were saved in her phone as Julie. But then when mm-hmm. I talked to yeah. you, you were like, I actually kind of go by Julia now. <laughs> what was the switch? There is definitely, yeah. So on the birth certificate, my mom and dad have Julia as my first name. Now, when I was growing up, they never called me Julia. I was Julie. And there was a short stint in second grade where I was like, no, I'm going to be Julia this year. So I had one year in my younger years, I was Julia, but then went back to Julie. And that's like the majority of my first chunk of my life. So up to when I would say like 2014, um, you know, I'll share why 2014 it changed, but I decided to introduce myself from that point on as my birth name. Like this is actually me. This is like my name, you know, at the root of it. So my name is Julia. So there's like a good amount of people that know me only as Julia. And then like my family and like older friends that know me as Julie. So I just go by both, but I preferably go by Julia with people I meet these days. All right. Well then you are Julia to us. I love it. I love it. So you have four kiddos, right? Yes, I do. Tell me about their ages. Like how old are we talking about? Yeah. So Lana, is 11 and a half. She's going to go into middle school this upcoming year. And it feels really weird to say that. I can't really fathom it yet. And Brooklyn is 10 and she'll be in fifth grade. Um, Paxton is two. He turned two in end of May. And then River is seven months. So it is a widespread. (laughs) Yes. You have like a, so you have a middle school girl who's like probably dealing with like all the hormones and whatever. And then you have like a Mm -hmm. baby, baby. 
Mm-hmm. And I have a toddler. Yeah. Like, yep. And then my, yep. There, it is the most incredible, like, blessing to have all these beautiful children. And there's like pros and cons to having such a wide stretch. Yeah. It has just been such an adventure experiencing new challenges in mm-hmm. parenting. I would say after my fourth, I'm like, wow, I am stretched thin a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I've always said like four is a lot. Like I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. two is like, okay, you're still like man-to-man combat. Three, it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, it gets a little dicey. Four is like a lot. Four is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it just is. <laughs> and I think four, the, our river, she literally like thrives with busyness. She just yeah. loves all the action. She, so we have two dogs on top of it. So she oh. like is used to that. So like... It, it's just funny. We're kind of like a circus all the time. Yes, I'm sure. And you had a bad nap day like I did today. Yeah, it was more like a later nap day. So I yeah. was a little worried with this podcast. Like, I'm like, oh crap, I really need to make sure they're in bed on time. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, my, my son isn't necessarily sleeping, but he's in bed. So well, he's rolling around. In there. Yeah, that's like my yeah. two year old mm-hmm. right now. Like, she's two and a half. She, like, I had this wild idea mm-hmm. yesterday. Like, to skip her nap because we were having like a grand old time at the pool and I'm like very type A and over the top organized. And so like, that's unlike me to be like, whatever, live in the moment, you know, like YOLO, we're having fun (laughs) at the pool. So like we skipped her nap yesterday Mm -hmm. and she was fine. And then we put her to bed early and she stayed awake in her crib until like later than she usually does. Like she did that whole, like I'm overtired, therefore I'm overstimulated and now I can't sleep thing. And then today she stayed awake through her nap again in her bed. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this is why I don't do spur of the moment fun things. (laughs) Like now she's being crazy. Right, you were really trying to let go and be like that mom. And then you're like, shoot, I'm paying for it. Well, let me tell you, River, my fourth, was the only one I sleep trained. And now I have this whole understanding about sleep. And I Uh, hardly miss nap times. Like I can't tell you what a difference it made from going to getting zero sleep to counting on certain naps at certain times and a full like 13 hours of sleep at night. So like I'm with you. I, Mm -hmm. I have to really modify if I skip a nap. Yeah. You're not alone. It's a lot. It really is so true. Like with my first, you're right. Like I didn't know until she was like maybe closer to a year old. I didn't even really have a concept Mm -hmm. of like having a schedule and like naps at the same Mm -hmm. time every day. But like, I was just kind of winging it and she was like a terrible sleeper. And I was like, totally what? So I did everything different with my second. Like I was very organized from day one, which is great. And it gives me a lot of like Mm -hmm. calm and solace, like knowing what to expect. But then it's like when things change, then you're like, ah, (laughs) yes. Oh my gosh. You just pick your battles on exactly. certain days and there's no right way to do we're it. We're all trying it's, to figure it out. We're all trying yeah. to figure it out. So, oh yeah. yeah. We're stumbling along and just, if everyone's alive at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, good job. Oh my gosh. We, they were fed and they are alive. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, we just got to root each other on as moms. There should be no totally. like, Oh, this is the only way, right? It's just what works for you and your family. My two-year-old right now is eating yogurt three meals a day. That is the only food that she will eat right now. And like, honestly, like, I'm just glad it's not like donuts. Like, I'm like, all right, yogurt, like there's protein, fine. Like I, she stands at the refrigerator, screams for yogurt. And I'm like, I, I don't, I, I'm done with this battle. Like, here's your yogurt, please. Like, you, like, I cannot. you make me feel so much better. Oh, I'm good. Like, it's two, two and a half. My son, yeah. it's like, he 
yeah, the eating completely changes. Like I have to now get his greens in through a smoothie like yes. once a week or like if I, you know, hopefully maybe three times a week. But yeah. other than that, the greens aren't really happening. Like it's real picky at this point. She'll put it in her mouth, chew mm-hmm. it and make a big show out of it at like at the dinner table. Like she'll be like, look, mommy, she'll like put broccoli in her mouth, chew it up. And then she spits it out. And I'm like, where does it say in the book? Like what you're supposed to do with that? Like I did all of the things to make like vegetables seem fun. And like, we're all eating vegetables and blah, 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 blah. And it's like the kids putting it in her mouth, chewing it and then spitting it out. Like what am I supposed to do with this? Is she like smiling and laughing after? Like, does she know it's like a show? Mm -hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. So I'm like, don't react. Don't react. Nobody reacts. Exactly. Totally. No one even bat an eye. That is the thing you can't give. I mean, I actually have two little mamas, right? So I've got my 10 and 11 and a half year old. And I am like, as I'm doing things with him, like I'm really like telling them, guys, you know, I'll say whatever I'm like I'm doing. And so what's cool is like, I was the youngest of the family. And so I didn't have any little siblings. I didn't really get to grow up with little kids around. So I'm like, all those tricks, like don't bat an eye, don't get attention. Like they get to take that into their, you know, hopefully motherhood one day. And I'm like, Hopefully they will remember all these things about toddlers, the craziness that they it's are. The truest thing in the world. Breed. Total. I even say that to oh. my sisters. Cause like I have two younger sisters that don't have children and they're with me and my kids mm. all the time. And I'm like, do you even have any idea the advantage that I am giving you? Like when you mm-hmm. guys become mothers, if you become mothers, like the interaction you've had with my kids, like from birth, like through toddlerhood, seeing like the things that I do, like you will have such an advantage. Like I went in blind. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we have Kate with her kids. I was the fun auntie for a while and my brother and his kids, but it's a, you're just, when you're the parent, you you feel like you have no clue. You're just figuring it out along the way. It is. My oldest, I tell her all the time, I go, Lana, I, we had no clue what we were doing with you. We, we just tried yeah. it out and you have turned out beautifully. So exactly, oh, we are exactly. I'm sure she's <laughs> lovely. So there you go. It's fine. Yes. It's all going to be fine. So how did you and your <laughs> husband meet? So we met, it is funny. We were set up by family members. So he attended this church that my, so my brother was dating this girl, Lena, who is now his wife, but back in the day when they were even dating, he went to their church. And, and so she grew up with David, my husband oh. and his whole family for so many years. And so, um, fast forward to when he's like 17 and I'm 16, they actually thought, Oh my gosh, Julie, you've got to meet David. Oh my goodness. You guys would be so cute together. And they just went on and on. And, we were like both being told this and we're kind of like feeling forced. And so we tried to like hang out a few times. They really set this up and we were both like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. So all this pressure, right? So we had even done like game nights at their houses and this and that. And like they stopped because they realized they were pushing it too much. Okay. And so, yeah, we met at church and they, you know, we would hang out with the family at like houses and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then when they gave us a break, a few months went by and I remember, um, I called him and I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll invite him to be like my homecoming date. We're just friends. I need a friend. I don't have yeah. anybody. And like I haven't seen David in a while. And so it was kind of like this friend thing. And so that was, I was then 17 in my senior year and he had graduated. Um, and then by January we were dating. Aww. So like October to January. So we met at church and then decided to like, yeah. So super young. Yeah. 
So how old were you guys when you guys got married? Well, we, so we started dating when I was 17 and he was 18. Yes. I have to think, I think. And then, um, so that was 2006. Cause then wait, hold on. All I know is we, we were dating for like two years and then we okay, got married. Yeah. So I was engaged at 19 Wow. and got married at 20. Yeah. Yeah. We were very young. So did anybody like like say like this is really young to get married or everybody was just like this is fantastic I think the Christian community like both growing up in Christian communities and like literally my brother got married at 21 my sister got married at 20 or 21 uh it was like almost like oh this is what we do right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so when we were this couple that everybody loved and knew and was like Mm -hmm. David and Julie oh my gosh so you know just it was meant to be right and everyone was super supportive so and I was, we were the first to get married out of all of our friends. Okay. So, yeah. So when you guys were dating and engaged, like, were there any kind of like red flags, like any issues, like anything? Mm-hmm. Um, there were little ones. Like, obviously when I look back in retrospect, like there were like, um, random moments where he would get upset, like at a family member, his, one of his family members and like, I remember one time, like him punching a wall. Right. Mm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, wow. But I was like, he would never do that to me. Right. Mm. It's either his brothers or his mom, even mm. or dad. Um, and it didn't happen super often, but it did mm. happen. And mm. then just when I think back, back to like, just, um, I'd always grown up being like a very much of a people pleaser. Mm. And so that part of my personality, um, I always remember having to feel like I had to make him feel comfortable, like at my prom or like Mm -hmm. at, you know, different things, making him feel comfortable. I remember that, but it didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I just Mm -hmm. knew, oh, he loves me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously loved certain things about him and um, had a lot of great moments, but there were some red flags. All right. So then, so you guys get married, like obviously like really exciting time. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of discovered some stuff really early on in your marriage about him. Mm-hmm. It was like, I would say just like maybe two-ish months into the marriage, I discovered like pornography on the computer, like in, you know, in a tab or history. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, I confronted him and he definitely denied it. He lied and denied it. And then the more I kind of pressed in about it, um, mm-hmm. he, you know, obviously he was cornered. Mm-hmm. And once he was able to like, be like, yeah, I'm caught now. Mm-hmm. He just started to show a completely different side of himself to me mm-hmm. and just started yelling and just rage. And I don't like, I don't have specific memories of like, Oh, this happened in this conversation, but mm-hmm. like we were in a small apartment, our first year being married and just that two months in and would throw lamps across the room and just like it straight up intimidation and belittling me a lot because he was, his sin now was revealed. Yeah. And, um, at that point I really began to start like walking on eggshells because it happened often and it would be like his anger outbursts would be Mm -hmm. a, whenever I would like bring it up and, um, the, you know, sin, uh, pornography or, any little thing would kind of set it off. Mm-hmm. Um, anything. Yeah. Small. And so 
Yeah. And then we got pregnant, actually. We found out we were pregnant about three or four months into our marriage. So okay. that that was like not too long after Okay, all the like, yeah. So would you characterize it as him having a porn addiction? Um, yeah, I would. Yep. I would. Cause it would, it would happen pretty often. I feel like it's kind of obvious, right? Like obviously if there's somebody in the marriage that's consistently like looking at mm-hmm. pornography, which we all know is like, it's fake. That's not real. They're actors. Mm-hmm. Like there's right. lights and camera and like all of this stuff. And someone literally like choreographing what's going on. Of course, yeah. it's going to get into your psyche. Right. And like, then you're going to start mm-hmm. to expect those things. Right. Yes. And it's like, that's not real life. Right. It's like, then you're going to be forever disappointed with your partner, you know, because it's like, it's not going to be like that. And another thing that I think is really interesting is that I feel like for a very long time, like only the Christian community would really have said like pornography is bad or whatever. But I feel like Mm -hmm. more recently, I've heard a lot of like, even like completely non-Christian, like not religious whatsoever, people speaking out against porn because a lot of times it really... Uh, glorifies like violence. It is very objectifying to women. It's very demeaning. Yes. There's a lot of trafficking involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's just like, even if you aren't someone that would say that you, you know, subscribe to Christianity or whatever, it still is being seen as like an obvious negative thing. Well, my husband um, has said that it, it's one of those things that it will, continue there's continual shame like yeah. it would make him feel like bad about himself because uh, he, he wanted it but then it, he didn't want it yeah. and that but then it's like this trap it's basically just a black hole trap that mm. if, if you want to get out it takes like so much work so yeah. even that's a whole thing where it is an addiction and mm-hmm. once you realize it for what it is and how awful and evil it is um it's, it's just like, you don't want to even go down that road because it's way harder to get out and get free. You know, um, he's so, it doesn't even like make you feel better in the, for a second, maybe you find some type of feeling that's good, but then downhill. Yeah. All right. So lots of reasons. You're like two, three, four months into marriage. You're now Mm -hmm. pregnant. You've discovered Mm -hmm. that your husband has a porn addiction and some rage issues, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, throwing lamps and things like that. So did you go to anybody? Like, did you like confide in anyone? Okay. Now, why? Were you ashamed? I completely hid. Yeah. So also alcohol was involved before we even got married. Like, you know, just like typical, like drinking with friends and things, but um, he would drink and just never know when to stop, but it was right. like, Oh, we were always with our friends or whatever. And it was like, just, I, I never overdid it. I, whatever, right. but he definitely would like every time. Okay. And so that was also would would play into the addiction side of it too. So, right. um, for him, um, I did not, I was totally ashamed. I was like, this all happened behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Everyone had their perception of David and Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I just felt like it was me. I had a victim mentality, but I didn't realize I was a victim, but I did not know my identity. And to be honest, I had placed my identity in, in being David's wife. So what he said about me, how he treated me is how I viewed myself. And at the time I wasn't aware of that. Mm -hmm. I know now, but my identity, even though I was a Christian was not rooted in, in what God said about me. I didn't have that value because if I did, I wouldn't have allowed it for so long. Yeah. Um, 
So I didn't go to anybody. Mm. Totally ashamed, totally just felt like I couldn't, you know, and that I could fix it or, you know, yeah. Mm. Um, felt like he would always change. So I didn't need to tell. Oh, so, we, you know, that I did eventually, but obviously at that point I suffered yeah. alone for a long time. Oh, that's so hard. So, yeah. Do you think that the fact that you were pregnant played mm-hmm. into you kind of like dealing with it and like mm-hmm. not really considering leaving earlier and things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, we were having our first child and actually we had just had a conversation before we got, before I found out I was pregnant that we weren't ready for kids, like for like two years and then oh. boom, we get pregnant. And he was like, I, I, I'm trying to remember, but I feel like he was like mad because he was like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he got over it. And there was, there was obviously times of like, where he would be sorry for his actions. Like right. he did feel bad, but it was a cycle. Right. So of course, yeah. there was times where he would, and I'm like, Oh, it's okay. He's going to change. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, yep. So I had no ever intention of ever leaving him, even though right. this was all happening. Um, yeah, especially with having, um, children now. Right. And then you had a second baby soon after your first, right? I mean, yep. they're like a year apart. 18 months apart. Ugh, so there, when Lana was nine months, Ugh. I got pregnant with, with Brooklyn. And um, all of that time through the pregnancies and through like just them in their younger, young years, it was just so much stress that I was internalizing. Mm-hmm. And just that's, that's the thing where God if they were not in the picture, I mean, I don't know. I, I might've endured it even longer because yeah. I actually, um, it was like, it, they helped me had give a reason to kind of like, Oh, this is not okay. Like right. they're starting to be pulled into this. They're exposed to this, you know? Right. Okay. But, oh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So, all right. So <laughs> you're super young, two kids, your husband has, mm-hmm an addiction to porn, alcohol, rage issues. Like, were you ever scared for your kids? Like in, like you kind of just alluded to it, but like, did you ever feel like he's going to hurt me or the kids or something like that? I, I thought he not, I never thought he would hurt the kids to be Mm -hmm. honest. I thought he would hurt me. Like there was points. So moments where I had to even, this is how different it is. I had to actually go back into old journals. I had Mm -hmm. to go back into my, divorce like papers and like mm. I filed for restraining orders like I had yeah. to read things and I'm like oh my gosh because it's yeah. night and day so um I mean there's just the the abuse like verbally and mm. emotionally the intimidation like like um it was just truly scary because he I there was a time where we were laying in bed and I was as still as a board just frozen in fear thinking Honestly, I don't know if he's going to turn around and hurt me. I really, and I actually learned to have like a bag packed in the car in case I needed to get out. It, I, it just blows my mind, but that's the point it got to. Oh, so then how did family eventually find out? Cause at some point they found Mm -hmm. out what was going on. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to mention this first. So I was a hairstylist. I worked part-time. Um, and what happened is, so this goes into answering your question, but I was a hairstylist. Um, I'm going to say in April of 2012, um, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And I say that because that, like, I look back after Mm -hmm. learning a lot about it, I internalized all this stress and that area in my intestines was actually like developed from keeping all the stress in. Right. Mm. So I had to cancel all my clients. Um, and like, I took a break from work in Mm -hmm. April of 2012. 
Okay. And I thought, you know what? I have just been diagnosed. I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Um, and so it's amazing. God like prepared me for like our first separation because that was in April. And in August, I was David and the girls and I, we were driving. He was going to go to a job in Texas, I think. And on the way were my brother and sister-in-law and their children in right. Tennessee. Okay. So he's like, you guys, you and the kids just stay there. I'll go to the job and then we'll pick you up on the way home. So my sister-in-law, we were in the car and we were, David and I were on the phone and she mm. overheard him yelling at me and like oh. telling me to submit to him. And oh. these, this, these harsh things, she goes, does he talk to you like that? And that was the first time a family member heard anything. Oh. And from there I opened up and I, I literally yeah. started letting things out to her. Wow. And that was August okay. of 2000, uh, 2012. So how did that feel to like let it out for the first time? It was, it was scary, but it was also relieving. Yeah, I, of course. I felt like, I mean, and I didn't even know, but I just realized for the first time, oh my gosh, like giving light to this and verbalizing this. I was like this, I, I need, I've needed to do this, but I didn't know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So at yeah. some point you decided to file for divorce. What? Mm -hmm brought you to actually that point of finally filing? Um, it was, so the, the trip that we, you know, he dropped us off me yeah. and the girls at my brother's house because I, 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 I told him I, the way he was freaking out at this argument of me trying to finally stand up for himself and say, I don't need to submit to you. I just asked you a question about this, mm -hmm. this, this. And he started getting so mad. I said, you know what, David, I don't feel safe driving in a car for 10 hours back with you, with you being this angry at me. I need, I'm, I'm not doing that. And then from that point, he got so angry. Mm -hmm. He, he, just said a lot of things. And I got to the point where he, it sounded like he was going to actually like hurt himself. Oh. And so, um, it would got really scary. And so I had to like call the police and just, I think my husband is going to hurt himself. Yeah. Um, and so all these things. And when I came back to Michigan, um, I had my brother, I was driven up by them. I think I can't even remember how yeah. I got home. It wasn't with David. Mm -hmm. Um, just talking with my family finally and explaining things, realizing that this is not how I should be treated and abuse is wrong. Yeah. Um, I filed in yeah. that September of 2012. So, okay. Hearing so, my family tell me the reality, you know? Right. Right. It was almost like, I'm sure, you know, cause if you keep it to yourself, you know, it's like, we all know this from like the Me Too movement and stuff like that, right? Like people yeah. who are just keeping it to themselves. Like, I'm sure you worked yourself into a place where like you kind of already said, like, maybe mm -hmm. it's my fault. He's really yes. going to change. Maybe this is kind of like how everybody's marriage is. And like, I don't totally mm -hmm. realize it. Like nobody talks about this stuff. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is normal. Yeah. Maybe I'm overreacting. Like, but then I'm sure once you finally let it out to someone or better than that, even the fact that your sister-in-law heard it for herself, I feel yeah. like, and then pointed out to you, like, that is not mm -hmm. normal, like, for yeah. a husband to speak to his wife like that, you know? Like, I'm sure that that was kind of, like, a moment for you where it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I needed to hear this from the people that know me the best. Yeah. And and love me, and I, I love and trust them. Yeah. For all of them to be saying the same thing was, yeah. like, 
oh my gosh, it was still a process for me. I mean, I didn't want to file for divorce, but I kept him to say, no, I had to remind myself like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, this is awful. Right. But I had Mm -hmm. lived it for so long. And so it was, that was one out of three times of filing. Um, Okay. So tell me about that. So what do you mean one out of three times? So filed in September and then in October or some between September and October, like yeah. he'd, we'd reached out to like one of his pastors at his okay, church yeah, and yeah. started getting some counseling. He wrote me this really long like letter and it included okay. like, you know, I treated you horribly. He, he really admitted to treating me horribly and like admitting the abuse and admitting all the sexual sin. So he did. And I thought, oh right. my gosh, he's like never done this before. Right. So we had been separated at that time. I had been living okay. with my parents. So from like August, whenever I got back into October... Um, we'd gotten some counseling. He wrote the letter and owned up to things. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to like pull back the, the divorce yeah. order. And I'm going to actually like, I think I'm ready to move back into the house in October. Right. And so I did. And actually things got worse. Like, um, just he got, it took him, I don't know, a few weeks and he got into another rage and mm. just, it got worse and just try. Yeah. And so I, I think it was in, I want to say like January, I started going to a counselor. Oh yeah. There was a moment where my mom found a woman who helped women in crisis. And there was a bad moment where there had been a bad episode of rage. And I called my mom and said, what is this girl's number? (laughs) This lady's Uh... number. So, um, her ministry was heartfelt family services. Her name was Deb Ives. And I called her and I explained my situation and I met up and she started counseling me and she actually tried to counsel David and I together. She really did try to help us. And then she saw things for what they were. He was manipulative, controlling. And, um, and she, after a few months was like, okay, mm -mm." Mm -hmm. like she really helped me see like, this is not good. Right. So, um, this I filed, I, it's a little blurry, but I think I filed a second time, um, in like, I think around, um, maybe June or May, because we have, there was a really bad episode of rage around Memorial weekend of 2013. Uh, and then I think there was another like month or two where he really just, yeah, yeah. Me again. Right. Yeah. And then there was more, um, sexual immorality involved mm-hmm. in the next couple months when he would travel for work and he went and just, um, would just, you know, go to strip clubs and, mm-hmm. and actually had an affair, um, uh. on one of those, which I didn't find out till quite later actually. And uh. so by August of 2013, it was official that I'm like, I need to, I have to go through with this. So I had, mm. yeah. I, I just knew it was only getting worse. And I had to have people in my life that were reminding me like, this is not only has he not changed, but it's getting worse. Yeah, so, right. And I thought for my girls and for myself, I just, I was learning my value in Christ. I was learning God's love for me. I was actually starting to grow in my counseling. It was biblical counseling of my identities and what God says about me. And I am loved. I am, I am worthy of being cherished. And I am God's beloved daughter. And that through all of that mess with David. And as I was, that was getting worse. I was actually growing like stronger in who God is and who I am in him. Mm. And so that gave me the confidence and the courage to pile for a third time Mm -hmm. um, and go through with it. 
Yeah. Oh, so yeah. When you filed, like finally, like, and it was done, what was his kind of attitude about that? Like, was he tr- fighting it? Like, was he like, please don't do this, please don't do this? Or was he kind of like, yeah, this is done? Um, yeah. So since I filed in August of 2013, it took to like, I want to say March of okay. 2014 to be complete. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time when he knew I was done, I yeah. was done. Um, he actually said, this is like what he said. He's like, for the first time, he really heard God say, let go. It was like two words, mm-hmm. very clear, let go. Cause he always tried to control and hold on. Yeah. And he actually, like, he was never for the divorce. He always would use scripture. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to divorce. It's, you know, always put me in bed light, but there was a right. change that he was saying like, okay, he was not going to fight it with like a lawyer. He ended up not getting a lawyer. And this was like a change from the other two times um, I filed he didn't get a lawyer. He didn't fight for anything. Mm. He said she can have whatever she wants. Oh, wow. And I just thought it was manipulati- manipulation because it's all he would do. And right. so I was like, I am not going to believe it this time. I'm literally going to go through with this. Yeah. God has given me this, you know, peace about it right now. Um, and so it was amazing, actually. Like he really was starting to submit to the Lord and what mm-hmm. he was, you know, calling yeah. him to do. So he did on, on the day of the divorce, like he was, um, he truly was like, I, I love you and mm. I will fight to, for you to be my wife again one day. Like he oh, wow. was saying that on the day of the divorce, oh. as we're getting divorced, he like read wow. a letter, but I'm like thinking, okay, just. This is manipulative. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just exactly. going to get out of here. That's, yeah. but that's got to mess with your head. That's nuts. It did. It messed with my head to no end. And so that I just would had to screw me that. up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that, like on the day of your divorce, he's like, I will yeah. fight to get you back. And you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, like, this is, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. this is a crazy making cycle. Like this is crazy. So you filed for divorce. That was in 2014, mm-hmm. right? You followed yep. through with in it. So then you got into counseling and that really changed your life. And you've told us about that a bit. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about like the counseling? Like, cause now you're a single mom, you have two kids, yeah. you're alone. You know, how yeah. did counseling help you in that time? Oh my goodness. Um, I just, again, um, counseling, biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. Like I really, it was almost like I'd grown up in this Christian, you know, world, right. A yeah. Christian bubble. I went to Christian mm-hmm. school, Christian church. Like I literally yeah. didn't go to public school until I was in 11th grade. <laughs> I was right, like, right. I had the world, you know, that yeah. type of viewpoint. Yeah. So I say that because when I went through this counseling, I like, it was almost like my uh, veil had been lifted and I saw mm-hmm. like Jesus and his love for me. Like I took it extremely personal. So mm-hmm. again, like my identity being um, built up and, and confident in the Lord and who I am in him. Um, it helped me because I literally experienced joy and peace, even being a single mother, being, you know, having lonely feelings sometimes Mm -hmm. and having just sad feelings and just going through all that. I learned how to pour my heart out to God because he was now my first love. Mm -hmm. It was like, he was my husband. That's what was so amazing is that I didn't need to be with anybody Mm -hmm. to feel loved and to feel like I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I had Jesus. Mm -hmm. I had the Holy spirit of God. And he was so real to me in that time. And I remember moments of like, I I was hurting so bad just with all the emotions and just crying out to God and giving it to him. I learned how to do that for counseling. Um, Give God your emotions. He can handle it. Mm -hmm. And then experiencing peace, experiencing Mm -hmm. that heart pain. Like I was just hurting 
gone and like true peace and love and, um, worshiping it like two, two in the morning and just Mm. like crying out. And also, um, there was another moment. Yeah. Just having a vision of, I was reading Psalm 139, like, where can I go from your presence, God? Mm. And you see me when I rise up and when I sit down, him holding me and the girls and pushing away anything that would harm us. Like I, the Lord really, I pressed into him and he revealed himself to me. Yeah. And I was able to um, be a part of like, I love to worship and sing. Yeah. That's, um, and so I was able to, during that single motherhood time, yeah. I was involved in that ministry and I would do worship and I would yeah. just be involved in, in conferences and things like that. Right, so I kept right. busy with the Lord's work <laughs> during yeah. that time. Yeah, it helped me. So you and David, did you have any like issues like figuring out like custody, visitation, like anything like that? Yeah, that, that was a thing. And for a while there, um, he had supervised visitation just for a oh. while. I don't remember how long, just right. because of the just nature of the, the restraining and orders. And th- yeah, yeah, yeah. They never did get f- fulfilled, the restraining right. orders, but I had filed. Um, but my parents actually were there. They were the chaperones. And so wow. what's amazing is they were able to see, they witnessed the scary David. They had moments where they saw that. They saw him in the moment where he was dad to the girls in those chaperone visits. And then... Um, yeah, they were like along for the whole ride. And so they experienced, um, the change also in him. Yeah. So, yeah. So really he was open to whatever I had wanted. And so he would have them like every other weekend at some point. Okay. And so, and he would have them like a few nights during the week. Okay. So yeah, we did have eventually like a more equal, I had him most of the time, but he would have them like a fair amount of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Did you ever in that single mom period, like get to a point where you wanted to like date somebody like where you were like, I want to get on with my life. I want to get married again. Like, was that, did that ever come up for you? Um, honestly, I would always try to picture like, God, what do you have in store for me? Like mm-hmm. relationship wise, I would just see a blank slate. I yeah. literally would ask that and I wouldn't see anything. It's like, I didn't have a desire to find someone. I actually had a friend that was like, Hey, are you ready to start? Like there's one guy. And I was like, right. I don't know. Like I'm willing to go with you to hang out, but mm-hmm. like, I wasn't like, and nothing ever came of it. And that's right. great. Right. And I just never had this total drive. Um, to, yeah. it, I just didn't. So yeah. yeah, I would, I mean, I definitely had moments where I was lonely and I had all of my course. friends, like no one ever had gone through what I went through. And so I had to like, really like battle with those feelings and give it over to the Lord and just mm-hmm. say, God, you know what? You've got me. So wow. All right. So it was two. So you filed for divorce in 2014. And then in 2016, mm-hmm. David, like, contact, and you guys had very minimal contact, like, when you were we divorced. And then he contacted you and he was like, Can we get together and talk? Which was weird. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, he, had, he had been completely respectful um, during those just like two years that we were completely divorced and separated. We didn't really talk. We only talked about the girls when we would see each other at child, you know, kid exchanges, Mm -hmm. that's all we would like see each other. And that's as often as we would see each other. And yeah, so no personal connection. So he reached out, I think in May or June and in May, I want to say, and he said, Hey, if you're comfortable, I just, there's a few things I would like to ask your forgiveness for. I don't know Mm. if we can talk. And I was like, Oh, sure. I, you know, I was like, I'll never turn anyone down if they want to say, <laughs> ask for my forgiveness. Totally. Um, especially him, because he never did that. Right. He would always be sorry because he got caught. And right. um, so I was like, okay, 
so yes, it was a little like, it just, I, I was like kind of just nervous, but I wasn't nervous. Like he was going to do anything because right. through the two years I had seen instead of fire in his eyes that I'd seen all these years with his, whatever I would, I saw peace and he yeah. was changing. He was peaceful. He was respectful and totally different. So okay. I gave him the opportunity. So you guys met up for coffee and yeah. what was that like? Um, it was, it was weird. I was very nervous. Yeah. I was like, just so nervous. Cause it was just like, Oh, the first time something's personal. Yeah. Okay. And so I was just probably real like quiet and awkward and we sat down and he just started opening up about things I never even knew, like simple things, like just whatever. And he's like, I have never told you these things, but I really feel like I need to. And I want to ask you for your forgiveness. Like it wow. was a whole new conversation. Never had had that with him before. So how did you so, feel? I felt like, um, I kind of just felt like in awe and yeah. I was really glad. It was like almost like just a new part of my brain, like turned on. It was like, yeah, this is new. Like this right. is from the man, the father of my children, the man I was married to, like right. something was like, whoa, like a shift. So yeah. the beginning of like a little shift, right? Did you feel like, yeah, I can forgive you. Or were you kind of like, yes. uh, okay. I, I genuinely always forgave him. I never would hold anything against him. Even in the marriage with all of that, I just yeah. wanted him to stop and to change. Like I, yeah. I think it's, it's obviously the Lord's grace. It's one of those things like the God's great gift that he can, uh, me gives us forgiveness for ourselves, and then we can forgive others. And I think this was actually one thing I wanted to say, part of me being able to truly forgive him was knowing, um, how God, how God viewed him. That was like a really powerful thing for me is God loves David just as much as he loves me. And that was like a, such a a shift, right? Because if I didn't have God's perspective, I wouldn't have viewed it that way. And God died for David's sin, just like he died for my sin. And so yes, our sin looked different and I'm not going to allow those behaviors, but I want to honor and like show love to God as much as possible. And I want to be free from unforgiveness and bitterness. I I studied that in my counseling. What does that yeah. do to your heart when you hold yeah. unforgiveness, you hold bitterness, you hold resentment, yeah. your heart is damaged and you are, you know, it's not mm-hmm. good for you either. So to honor God and to be full of peace um, and to, I wanted the best for Dave. So I was able to forgive him long before he asked for my forgiveness. And that was a process of healing, you know? And yeah. That's really beautiful. That's amazing. All right. So you met with him that one time, but then it kind of turned into more meetings. It did. So what, how did that happen? I think at the end of that one, I mean, we, I kind of started to like talk and say like, thank you so much for, for saying that. And I think it just ended up being like, or maybe he asked, (laughs) he could have said, would you be open to talking more or, and I said, yeah, yeah, I would. And so we ended up meeting, I I did hair still at the time and he was an electrical contractor. And so we both could kind of like mess with our schedule, like work with our schedules and like find a time to meet at a park and just walk around for like a few hours. And we just, I mean, I, for the first time with him shared anything and everything on my heart and mind about like, maybe what happened. And then like my expectations for the future, like I still wasn't like, Oh, we're going to start dating again. It was just like, this is the type of man that will come into my life with the girls. Like this is, this is 
how I'm going to be treated. And this is how I will not be treated. I was very upfront and he was listening and just receiving it and really like validating all of that. Mm. And, um, yeah, we were like two different people coming together. Like, because he had actually surrendered to Jesus, right? Like this whole time he had also just, he like didn't have a TV in his apartment. He didn't have, he just had books. He had the Mm. Bible. He was studying God's word. He was in Bible studies. He was honestly trying to grow Mm. and become free and trust God for the first time. He goes, I, he said he really doesn't believe he was saved until like Mm. we got divorced. He really received like Jesus as his savior for real, you know, for real, for real. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, we're so, two whole people in Christ coming together. That's crazy. All right. So when did you kind of feel like I'm starting to like have feelings for him again? Like I could see myself like being with him again. Um, let's see. So I would say we had about three conversations. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's like May, June, July. We might have had like three in there. Um, and I remember in July I was like, okay, God, I need to, I, I, I need to know if this is for real. Like, Mm -hmm. should we, do you want us to (laughs) come back together? And I fasted for like a week and I really wanted to hear from the Lord and I had total peace about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was like in July to August of 2016. So divorce, March of 2014, this was like August of 2016. So yeah. Um, when I, just had peace. I was like, okay. So it was right around there that I'm like, after like that third conversation, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, wow, things are really different. So that's kind of when I had feelings. It was scary though. It was, it was like, whoa, leap of faith. Like, yeah. But I would have never gone back into relationship if I didn't think like he was completely, you know. Totally. So what was that moment when you were like, okay, we're going to be together. Like we're going to date again. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're dating your ex-husband. Like, it's so crazy. It's so weird. It was like wild. Um, And actually, what's pretty crazy too is like the timing where he, I think he still thought it was okay to drink every once in a while at that Mm -hmm. point. And so August 2016, we said, yes, we're recommitted, right? And then I want to say sometime within that month, he Uh ended up getting a D like DUI. He Ugh. ended up drinking and driving. And I, this is what's cool about the timing. Like I was able to, when he called me and told me, he, first of all, he was honest. He told me, mm-hmm. second of all, I was honest with him. And I said, you have a choice. Yeah, it is yeah. me and no alcohol ever yeah. again. Right. Or it is alcohol and, it's, and we're done. Like right. it was like, because we recommitted happened first then that I was able to just be like, here's, here's the deal. Yeah. And he hadn't drank, hasn't drank since <laughs> like that That's time. Awesome. Yeah. So he did choose me and the girls. Um, wow. And so, yeah. That's amazing. That was a little hiccup in the beginning, but. Well, and you were, and you saw that you were able to get through it. Well, that's it. It was also a way for me to be like, okay, th- I am really confident in like who I am. I'm, I, and then yeah. he is being honest, you know, right. so that was an opportunity to see that we had, we can move forward through a just difficult thing and do it well, being yeah. able to be upfront. Yeah. So how did people in your life react to it though? Like when you guys got back together and were like dating again, like what did like mm-hmm. your brother and sister, your parents, like were people like, ah, don't do that. Or were people all kind of like on board? My, so Kate, my sister, um, 
I think Bob and Lena, like my brother and his wife, like who were all in it the whole ride through, like they were, they really were respectful of me. They were a little hesitant. <laughs> of course. A little, yeah. like, okay. Wow. Like they were just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so they were a little hesitant, but it wanted to be supportive of me, right. but they were honest too about their feelings. And, um, my parents had actually since, so Kate Nelson lives in a different state, right. Um, Lena live in a different state. So they never had a chance to even see right. or like, cause I didn't talk about David cause we never talked. So it was right. like, I, I would always say David seems to be doing well, like yeah. whatever. But so yeah, I had to like really explain what happened and tell them like, yeah, I believe God really is like, this, yeah. there's peace with this. But, but your my parents, parents were a little more seen supportive. the transformation. Yeah, they did. They were still hesitant a little, just right. but like they had also seen and they were, they were supportive as well. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So and my best friends, you know, they were right, all like, right, Julie, right. we trust, you know. Yeah. So did your kids, how did you explain it to the girls? Like, so like mommy and daddy are dating. Like, how do you explain that? <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So they were, I don't know. I want to say, gosh, five, four and five, maybe okay. when we were like starting to date again, well, maybe six and four. I'm trying to remember. Um, and yeah, it was pretty much like telling them that like, okay, you know, daddy and mommy are gonna, we're, we're um, yeah, we're dating. I, I, you know, what's funny. I just can hardly remember that. Right, All I right. know is they were, very happy they were so happy they would always say like oh we just want honey we want all of you guys together like but they they were just so young you know right of course they were little (laughs) yeah so at what point did like the affair come out Mm -hmm. because you said that you had found out about that like way later yes so it it came out I want to say in um it was either I want to say like somewhere in 2017. So like we started dating, you know, near the end, like fall of 2016. Right. And then it's, I mean, it's like a whole new relationship almost to come back together, but also a little complicated because you're like, we're married and you have kids. So it's like, you're still, you're trying to like come back in a relationship as people who had one set pattern together. Right. And now you're like setting a new pattern right together. And but this time building it on honesty, building yep. it on like all things good and right. Right. So that's why it came out because I remember, I think we just got really honest and it was one of those things I didn't even think to ask in those walks in the park. Right. right. Like before. Um, but like, I think I said, you know, did you ever, did you ever actually like, um, on your work trips, you know, I asked him, he was like, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And um, that I, I had, I was, had to grieve and go through yeah. all that again. Cause that was just something that I, you Didn't know, know, hadn't yeah. known. And so I was again, able to appreciate that he was honest and grateful for that. And then right. the grieving process of like, Oh my gosh, you did like, yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Like I'd always thought, but he'd always denied it. And so that was the yeah. reality. But so that was like really tough yeah. and a lot of prayer, a lot of like, just, going through that, but then knowing that like, that wasn't who he was anymore. Right. Um, grateful, but yeah, I'd wish he had told me sooner. So I didn't have to go through that process of grieving it and just having to overcome the emotions and things, right. but we got through it. <laughs> yeah. So you got yeah. through it and then you got remarried in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell Ju- me about January. that. Oh, so yeah. tell me about that. So it was absolutely beautiful. Um, we really thought it was just going to be like Dave me, the girls and yeah. like so the person marrying us. We thought it, and like, obviously you'd have to have a witness each, right? Yeah. 
or, but we wanted it just super like just yeah. us. But then as it got closer, we were really last minute, got reengaged December of 2017. And then okay. that next month we got remarried because January 22nd is actually the day we became boyfriend, girlfriend in the very Aww. beginning. So, um, and 22 was always our number. That's always been our number. Um, so it was beautiful and it was just extremely special. One of his best friends, longtime friends that was with us through the whole thing on his end, like mm-hmm. one of his really good friends remarried us. And, wow. um, it was just a lot of tears, a lot of like happy tears, um, him getting down on one knee during the wedding ceremony and giving each of the girls a key and saying mm. like the man, you know, I am cherishing your mommy forever. Like really under like explaining to them that, you know, these are like the keys to your heart. Don't give them yeah. to anybody unless they cherish you one day. Like I'm going to cherish mommy forever. And Aww. just his um, vows to me, just like our vows to each other. It just, it was for the, it was so more meaningful. Yeah. Um, and just really sensing God, like the presence of God, just in the room in that, in that time. Yeah. Um, we had prayer around us. Um, any family members and friends that were there were just praying over us and our girls and, um, it was just really joyous. It was yeah. just like hard to express the joy. Um, it was a miracle. That's what I, I that's we're really just living and experiencing a miracle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can't even imagine like the emotions you must've been experiencing that day. So much, so many, uh, joy and just, um, in awe again of like the fact that we <laughs> were like, together again yeah. a new, like God did a new thing in us yeah. you know like it's just kind of wild because God changed our hearts like I, I'm like holy cow I love you like I part of my vows were God broke through God's love broke through every barrier in my heart mm. and he gave me his love for you and it's so true to, to experience that is something that no one can ever take away like I have experienced one end of the spectrum with this man to a completely other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I I mean, that's amazing. So, all right. Once you're remarried though, did you ever have any thoughts of like, I'm scared old habits are going to pop up? Like if he would even like get a little frustrated about something, would you kind of like tense up? Like, oh no, like is the rage back? Like did any, Mm. did you have any of those feelings or did you feel completely free from that? Mm. Yeah, that actually, I kind of had those feelings when we were redating. Okay. (laughs) When we were in that process, um, Mm -hmm. I had those feelings and um, just battled with that a bit. And when we got remarried, I really didn't battle with it um, because I kind of like, I think we had talked through it a lot when we were dating again. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, and that's the thing when we got remarried, any conflict that would come up, we would learn how to fight right, argue correctly, right? Uh And no more belittling, no more abuse. Right. And just being able to like, be very direct. He is, Mm -hmm. he is someone who is like, do not sugarcoat. Tell me like it is like, yell at me. Like he wants to be told and he's cool with that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. nope, just, you know, hug me. Like, tell me like, can you do this differently? So we've learned each other and, um, yeah, it's, it's just never having to deal with any of that toxic, um, any of that toxicity has been so beautiful mm-hmm. to experience. And yeah, so it's not like we don't argue. It's just that we do it the right way. Right. With respect and really trying to hear each other and understand one mm-hmm. another's perspectives 
and say, if someone needs space, like my voice was never valued before ever, Mm. ever. And I have had to step up, right. And, and put my voice out there and actually say what I think I would struggle with that. And so like, because I do that, communication is so key. And he, he holds back, like he doesn't, he'll think before he speaks. He actually, um, you know, knows himself well enough now that like, he just needs to like, listen Mm. and think before he speaks. So I, at this point, I mean, we just, we've never been closer, never been like more in love. And it's a crazy busy season with all the kids and Mm -hmm. the busy work schedules. Right. And just like we moved and there was a new job Mm -hmm. position and all these things happen in these past two years, like Mm -hmm. all these new things, but we're stronger and closer than we ever have been. So Oh, that's amazing. What do you think truly made reconciliation possible for you guys? Uh, Jesus, that's Mm -hmm. honestly the only thing I can give credit to is him. Uh, Because if I, if I had my, just my perspective on things and I didn't have um, a bigger perspective, I would be very limited. I wouldn't even know what would be possible. I had no clue a love like this was possible. Mm. I, you know, because I hadn't experienced it. I only knew what marriage looked like from, um, you know, earthly perspective, like my own experience of it. And it was horrible. And it Mm. was supposed to be godly. It was supposed to be, you know, these two, but no, Mm. it was awful. And then learning just like from God, the creator of marriage, Mm -hmm. the creator of life, the creator of, all things, Mm -hmm. my personal savior, I have a relationship with him and Mm -hmm. him telling me, give David to me. Mm -hmm. I love him. And, and then when I finally opened my heart up to say, like, it was in that time of fasting, God, I actually, for the first time ever want to ask you, like, can you bring us back together? Like those little steps and God directing it, like he rewrote our love story his Mm. way. We surrendered to him. If I didn't have Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, I would have probably, I would probably be, you know, maybe an unforgiveness or bitterness Mm -hmm. and just, you know, wrote David off. And Mm -hmm. I just don't see, I don't see how it's possible from the depths of what we had been through to ever come back together without Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> the Holy Spirit involved. Yeah. You know? mm, so it's beautiful. So yeah. tell me about, you already mentioned uh, about the wedding, but I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, because David not only had to reconcile with you, but also like with your kids. You know, obviously they were really little, they didn't understand everything, but how did he kind of like rebuild that like relationship with them? Yeah. Um, he, they, yeah, they obviously didn't understand a lot, but they would just know like, daddy, why is me here? He's not mm-hmm. living at home anymore. And right. um, he honestly just had so many conversations with them. He's a quality time person. Mm. And when he would have time with them, it was all about them. Mm. And, and he would, and they would say, or like, I would hear from like, you know, maybe his family or whatever through that time. Like he only spoke highly of me. Mm-hmm. He only put me, lifted me up, especially around the girls. And so I think they only heard when they were older to really like remember um, him saying positive things about mommy. And so um, they did have, my oldest did have memories of like a lot, like a few things in the past, Mm -hmm. but there was healing because he was very present when he was with them during the divorce and just conversations. He really apologized. Um, I, he would take all the blame Mm -hmm. um, for us not being together and he would put me in a really good light. Mm. Um, and 
I think just like who God really made him to be came out in that time. And that's the part of David I always saw in there. But, you know, um, he let his flesh take over his nature and desires, right? And so to see David come into who God made him to be, and he's an incredible father, amazing. Um, a lot of healing took place yeah. because truth, the truth sets you free. So yes. he was being honest and um, pointing to God always. He was giving God the glory with that. Right. And just little things about God, you know, that he was learning. And so it's oh. beautiful. They have the best relationship. I couldn't even, there's not one like negative thing. He's, he loves those girls and our two extra. Mm, like yeah. he's the most amazing father. So I yeah. just, oh, yeah, that's we're beautiful. actually te- parenting as a team it's pretty yeah. cool to experience that too with these extra two kids <laughs> so, so it's like I love how you guys did the same thing twice it was like you got married yeah. the first time you had two babies right away then you got married again you had two babies right away seat 22 this is also funny yes. that has been our number two two sets of kids. yes <laughs> two I love that oh my gosh yeah. I love it but it, parenting I, is different obviously this time around well their ages Paxton and River this is like, I think about it. I'm like, at these ages, David was not present. He was always out of town working. And when he was, he was like drunk. Yeah. Or, I mean, he had moments where it was fine, but a lot yeah. of them were like not. And so I'm like, holy cow, like we are, we're, a, we're a team. And yeah. our kids, our younger two aren't ever going to experience what the older two experienced at that age. It's pretty wild. So that is awesome. I mean, that's yeah. cool. So tell yeah. me about like your life with David now. I mean, you guys are just <laughs> normal people. Uh-huh. Yes. We... So got remarried in January. Um, I, yeah, we, let's see. He's, he was been working at a company for 15 mm-hmm. years as an electrical contractor. And mm-hmm. he got the opportunity to open a branch of this company in Grand Rapids. So we were living oh. on the east side of Michigan for all our lives. Mm-hmm. Got the opportunity to like kind of start fresh uh, mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids, Michigan on the west side. And so in August of 2018, only eight, eight um, months after we got remarried, we moved out to Grand Rapids and he opened a oh. branch, got, became a branch manager. Then I got pregnant mm. and then, um, had the baby. Then we bought a house the following year. So we had like moved twice, once to, yeah. an apartment, once to a house and then I got pregnant again. <sighs> and then, so we, we constantly had all these changes right? yeah. and got an extra dog in the mix of that. Um, so new school for the girls and life has been like crazy but yeah. like absolutely beautiful because I don't we don't fuss over the small things like yeah. we've been through crap we've been through so yeah. much that that stuff is like we can let it go mm-hmm. and we have the same mission we're like we have the same mission and we both know that it's like walks with God first yeah we're not perfect with it right but the, God is first then it's us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though it's hard in this season to, to get a date night in, he's really yeah. busy with work, but it's the little things that make me know that he sees me. Like I'm the yeah. most important person in his life under God. And then the kids like, mm-hmm. so he's very involved in soccer with the girls and very, mm-hmm. he's just, um, life is beautiful. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but it's like, I just, again, I couldn't fathom that this was possible. Yeah. If you asked me in 2014 or even 2016, like if I could ever envision this, Mm. me living this never would I ever this is like abundance Mm. I feel like we're living in the abundance of God like it's above and beyond what I thought yeah that's beautiful so yeah we're not perfect but we we jumped into community out here and I think that's really helped too, making friends that love you know just a lot of friends and yeah it's just yeah 
That's really cool. You guys got a fresh start like that. He, that you guys moved, you know what I mean? It was like new home, new city, you know, new babies. Like it's like fresh start. And I want to say this too, actually, I just thought about this. Um, like another, like just proof that really things are so different is like where our home is kind of like, or our relationship has really been a central place for restoration with all the family members. So like his family, my family going through all of this right together yeah. kind of like we when we got remarried we actually had a trip like David actually wanted this he was the one that got it going like let's have all our families come together we're gonna meet mm. in this house in Tennessee and we're gonna have like like everyone's gonna come together for the first time since everything right oh. um and he is our I feel like he's been the one that's like let's do a family trip with your family and mine mm. and in the past he would put down my family. He was just right. isolated kind of, and he has been the one driving like family get togethers. So That's we actually awesome. have had, yeah. And so everyone, um, he's really given a lot of opportunity to like restore relationship with like family too. So just this fresh start, having all the family out together and, um, with him like driving it is pretty amazing, you know? So That's awesome. So what would you say to someone who might be listening to this and maybe like, they're in a really unhealthy marriage. Like maybe they're listening to this and maybe it's not exactly your story. Maybe it is very similar to your story, but they're just thinking like what I'm experiencing, I don't think is what like God would have for me. Like what would be your advice to that person? Yeah. If um, you're in an unhealthy marriage and there's anything that you resonated with from my story, a hundred percent, please tell somebody, tell Mm. somebody that loves you, that you trust and reach out to a counselor as well. hundred percent. That is like the first step. Please open up because until it was brought to light Mm. outside of just me and my head, um, things weren't going to go anywhere. Um, it's gotta be people that you trust and that love you and you love, love them. Mm. Um, yeah. And just, just know that if you get help, you're going mm-hmm. to be on your way. You're going to be on your way towards just healing mm-hmm. and truth and freedom, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. Right. I love that. Cause you're right. We're not meant to walk through this stuff by ourselves, you know? And that's why I think it's so powerful that you came on. And I'm so, we were talking about this before we hit record, you know, that it's so powerful for you to come on and share your story because you don't know who's listening to this, right? Who needs yeah. to hear things that you've gone through, even if it's just like a random tidbit, you know, like I think that people's stories are so powerful. We go through things and we should use our story to help other people. And that's exactly what you're doing. And you just to know that, um, yeah, whoever is, is in that place, like you are so loved. Mm. And like I said, I didn't know how loved I was. I really didn't know. And my, and, and you have to know you are loved and you have Mm. to, start learning your value and, mm. um, really invite, honestly, like you will never be alone when you invite the Holy spirit to live inside you and Jesus to be your Lord and savior. Like mm. you'll never be alone. So yeah. I would just say how loved you are and please take steps to get help. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Julia. Like, honestly, again, like, I don't even know you. This was like so incredible for you to come on here share your story so vulnerably, so open. I think it's going to help so many people. We cannot thank you enough, honestly. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Caitlin. This is honestly a privilege and an honor. I'm really grateful that you wanted to do this and 
yeah, I'm really hoping that it helps not just even just one person, but hopefully many. So that's my mission to help others and give God glory. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions.